morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, and today we have a very special guest, a leader in the XRP army and a good friend of the 3T Warrior family, XRP Jenna is making time for us this morning, so I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Ripple is expanding their ODL system, regardless of the SEC lawsuit. As this market is looking more bearish than ever, we break down how XRP could be the phoenix that rises from the economic ashes. Cardano founder Charles Hodgkins is speaking out against CBDCs, stating this technology is a threat to your freedom. Amazon has been chosen to create a European CBDC, while president of this group, Christine Lagarde, states that banks will never hold Bitcoin. Microsoft, Avalanche, and Polygon are partnering to expand smart contract capabilities as the Bank of International Settlements has completed the pilot phase for cross-border payments, claiming a CBDC is coming in 2026. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we already got 137 live listeners joining us today. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are live from Miami, my friends. But before we dive into that, Johnny Crypto, what's on your mind? Oh, man, I'm super excited. We got the girl power in the house today. I've been waiting eight weeks for to break up the sausage fest. You know, I'm super excited. So first of all, let me just start this thing like I always do. Good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there. Thank you for showing up every day like true warriors, as you always do. But I am so excited. I can't wait to see what three-letter words we could get Jenna to spit out today or rabbit holes we go down. I am super pumped up today. You have no idea. I haven't slept all night. Jenna, we always say best for last, so we're going to Jackie next. And Jackie, that is not an insult. That is just a compliment to Jenna. But thank you for making time for us today, Jackie. Always excited to have you. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. No, I agree with you. I freaking love Jenna, so save her for last. Feeling good. I'm I'm glad she's back on the show. I've been waiting. Um, too many, yeah, too many sausages, like Johnny said. So <laughs> I love it, guys. I freaking love it. But Jenna, thank you for being here. Awesome background. Always excited to have you. We're gonna talk about some crazy stuff. We've got Ripple expanding, we've got Amazon creating a CBDC. But what's on your mind? And thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I have lots of things on my mind. Um, I've been going down the stellar rabbit holes lately, so that's been super fun and I'm not going to go too deep into that, but I've been finding all kinds of crazy scams. I've been finding gems, all kinds of awesome stuff. So if you haven't checked out Stronghold Payments, you should definitely look at that. No, I'm not paid by Stronghold Payments, but guys, it's really, really cool. They're huge on compliance and they are partnered with IBM. So it's definitely worth checking out and checking out the team and those partnerships. So that's definitely on my mind. I'm excited to talk about all of the articles and everything that we have planned for today. So thanks for having me, guys. Awesome, Jenna. We're excited to have you. And we're only five minutes in and we're already dropping gems. So let's get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. I'd love to break 2,000 followers. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is still in extreme fear this morning. We are sitting at a 20 Johnny Crypto, so it's really not worth addressing. But when we get into the total coin market cap, this is where things get a little bit more exciting. So we're sitting at $937 billion this morning in total market cap. We got Bitcoin at 40% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. 
Bitcoin is sitting at 19,400. Ethereum, 1,300. XRP is dipping this morning. It was as low as 42 cents. Now we're sitting at 43. Cardano is 43 cents. We've got Avalanche at 17. Stellar, like Jenna just mentioned, that is 10 cents. Algorand is 34 cents. And Quant is still pumping this morning, Johnny Crypto. We made massive moves yesterday and we're seeing it again today at $135. I'd love to give you the floor, my friend. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of need to be careful because it's, now there's this two-sided thought. First, like everyone's saying we're going down till December, uh, you know, December. Now there's thought, no, the bottom's in and we're going up. So nobody knows what the hell's going on right now. There's just a lot of confusion. Uh, re the reality is, you know, you got to watch out for what's called a bull trap. So for those folks on our show who, and I'm not the technical expert here, but I know enough to be dangerous. So the, the bull trap is when you, you fool everybody to think we're going up. And everybody gets all happy. Everybody piles in. And yes, it is the greatest crypto show on earth. It is also the fastest hour in crypto, so don't miss it. But, you know, these they get you in these bull traps and you start going up. And you, everybody's all happy. They think the train's ready to leave the station. And everybody's piling. And boom, they pull that son bitch, open the door, and everybody gets dropped down from below, right? And gets and gets liquidated. So you got to be careful, folks, right here. I almost, I'll be honest, Abs. I yesterday I was debating. I saw it in Bitcoin at eighteen nine, and I was ready to hit the button to buy a little bit more. But I told myself I'm not going to buy until December, uh, November, December, because I think that's when. It, so I stuck to my plan. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. It was so hard not to want to buy, and then everything started pulling back. So I'm glad I didn't. I think this is a bull trap, but I don't know. Jenna, I'd love to hear from you next because our good friend Mark Yusko came on the show and he is the manager of a $2 billion digital asset fund. He made some bold statements saying that what happened in June was actually the market bottom and that we're not going to go below $17,500 again. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts there. <laughs> Abs. So I yesterday, first of all, was a great show because I was listening to Salman do his TA and that was awesome. Um, but I have no idea. The thing is, everybody knows everything. Nobody knows nothing. So I don't get overly excited. And I'm not going to get overly excited until we're seeing all new all-time highs. And that could maybe be 2024, 2025. So I'm just going to keep dollar cost averaging in on whatever I see. But, you know, who knows? I think the yeah. only thing that's going to have a pump is going to be XRP. And that'll be after the case settles. Hey, and don't forget about Quant because we know there's such a limited supply. And Jenna, the, one of the reasons that we always – one of the reasons we always talk – about Quant is we brought up something really cool last week. We showed an article stating that only 1% of Quant circulating supplies on exchanges. So it's going to take a very small amount of liquidity to move that price chart up, which is pretty cool. But before we get into our articles, I'd love to hear from Jackie. Jackie, with so much going on in the market today, I'd love to hear what's on your mind. Um, I think what I'm looking at in the markets, honestly, uh, Cardano is looking real, real good, especially for the fact that they have their rare bloom event coming up. Um, I think that there might be a little bit of hype leading up to that event. Um, so that's something I'm looking out for. If you look at the chart, we've been riding that 42 cent range for weeks and it is just look, looking kind of ready to pop. So that one's getting me excited. Sorry, Jackie, I got stuck on the move button there, but let's dive right into our articles. We're starting off with California issues a cease and desist on 11 crypto firms, Johnny and we saw that they actually filed an independent lawsuit against Nexo as well. So you can add 12 firms to this list. Why do you think uh, California is cracking down on crypto right now? Because California is just nuts. I don't even pay attention to what California does. They're crazy. Who knows what's going on over there and, you know, cracking. The, and all the blue states, New York's the same thing. Very tough on them, you know, and I get 
Listen, don't get me wrong. There are some of these things that are Ponzi schemes and it should be addressed. But something like Nexo, which really tries to be more on the up and up and trying to follow the rules and, and partnering with U.S. companies and trying to do, uh, um, <clears throat> I think, the right things to protect its people, its, its users, I think is it's absurd to see them in that. But, um, you know, you know, I love addressing the comments of the show, right, for people here absent. And Ted's life here, you know, I don't know why I got to come and pee on the party. With, you know, first of all, Ripple doesn't need to win. Okay, so it's not a win or loss. It's not going to happen. The SEC is not going to win either. It's going to be a settlement, and that is going to be a win. There isn't going to be a true court case because we're never going to court. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'd be highly surprised. So, Ted, don't worry. They don't need to win. They just need to settle, and that will be a win. Sorry, Jenna, we had that California news, which I think is pretty interesting. But California Congressman Brad Sherman spoke out about XRP and said not only is it centralized, it should be sued and penalized. But I want to show our listeners this image here because this is a meeting about the digital pound that took place yesterday. And there's two key names that stuck out to me on this list. We've got Gilbert Verdinand, who's the CEO of Quant, attending this meeting. And also we have Susan Friedman, who is on the Ripple Advisory Board, also taking part in this meeting, which is focused on the creation of the digital pound. So, Jenna, I'd love for you to just speak to this here. Is it any surprise that we see Ripple in this meeting? No, <laughs> I don't think that that's any surprise at all. I feel like um, anything that's going to be a CBDC or um, a stable coin for a country, I think that Ripple is going to have their hands in it, honestly. So it doesn't surprise me at all. And I love to see Quant there as well. So it's and pretty we, bullish. We brought it up yesterday too, Jenna. Ripple's actually partnered with the Digital, Found Pound, Digital Pound Foundation for this exact reason. Not only are they focused on increasing cross-border payments, they're focused on building a CBDC. But Jackie, I got some people talking behind me, so I'm going to kick it to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. This is good news. I mean, I'm not I'm not shocked either to see um, people from Ripple uh, at things like this. Anything with on-demand liquidity, overseas, cross-border payments, things like that. I think that they'll be included in those types of meetings. I do want to shout out to Gonzo. Um, he's in the chat. He said, uh, did you see the summary judgment? They didn't even call XRP a security. So I think we're wrapping up this case soon. I hope I've got my fingers crossed. I'm not going to say anything in particular, but the price movement that we have been seeing with XRP, we've been saying all along on this show, that is something to look out for. So we'll see something, something hopefully coming around the bend. Awesome, Johnny Crypto. And we got 243 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're diving into our first news article. As the Bank of International Settlements marks a CBDC pilot as successful, and this is no surprise because we know the entire world is moving in this direction. So we've got a multinational CBDC pilot has been marked as successful by the Bank of International Settlements after a month-long testing phase facilitated over $22 million worth of real-world value. This took place in Hong Kong, Thailand, China, and the United Emirates, no surprise not to see America uh, put on this list as well. But I want to focus on this portion of the article, which really caught my attention. The BIS revealed that 90% of central banks are investigating the adoption of CBDCs, but 26 are currently in development, 15 are in a pilot stage, and 11 CBDCs are already launched and existing today. I'd love to start off with Jenna. Jenna, we brought some pretty cool news from the Federal Reserve earlier this week, talking about how Jerome Powell said the United States CBDC would not be anonymous, but also... They hadn't decided whether to launch it yet. So I think it's pretty interesting. They're telling us one thing and they're doing another. They've completed the final testing phases for the United States CBDC. What are you anticipating, Jenna? When did we read that they were going to um, launch the CBDCs? Wasn't that going to be in like 2026 or something? Yep. So, I mean, we have 
Yeah, we have plenty of time. I know I hear so many people talking about how much they hate CBDCs, and yes, it sucks. I mean, they can your money can get turned off at any point in time, right? Um, but either way, they are happening. Whether we like it or not, they're definitely coming. So I don't know why you wouldn't be investing in different companies or digital assets that are supporting CBDCs. But if you don't like that, then buy Bitcoin. You're spot on. And what's really interesting is we're going to show our listeners a video of ECB president Christine Lagarde saying that banks will never hold Bitcoin. So we can have a pretty cool conversation about that. But Johnny, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. The Bank of International Settlements is going to release the, the updates from this trial in October. But to know that it was successful, it's a step in the right direction for these banks. We showed an interesting video. And sorry, I'm talking too much. But we showed an interesting video yesterday about how banks would roll tanks into the streets before they relinquish control. This is another way of doing that. So what are your thoughts, Johnny? First of all, I think, did we just hear Jenna say she's a BTC maximalist? She started no, off no. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't I'm hate kidding. Bitcoin. I'm I don't kidding. love it, but I, I ha it has its purpose. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what, Jenna? You are 100% right. Anybody going into this space probably should have. The key word is, and Mr. Wonderful said this best yesterday, Kevin O'Leary. He said the key word to investing in this market through the, is diversification. And at first, I didn't have any Bitcoin either or much Ethereum. And I started diversifying into those as well. It's important to have a basket, you know, a diversified basket around all these things, right? Because uh, they all serve, like you just said, a very different purpose. So for me, I love diversification apps. Um, in terms of the CBDC article, by the way, you know, just want to give a shout out here to, uh, to Mr. Wright, who's sitting in a hurricane. And he's showing up today at Good Morning Crypto. Mr. Wright, I should have picked you up on my way to Miami. I was just going to say, guess who else flew away from the hurricane so he could be here today? Our man, Abs, who drove six freaking hours to safety just so he could be here today. So, Abs, kudos to you there. But uh, In the know, flood. In, in the flood. <laughs> in the flood. He turned his car into a boat. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, you know, getting back to the show here, I think it's really important that when we think of it, we know that this is coming, and we know that they're going to try it. We know by 2025 they're going to be launching this thing, and we're going to have CBDCs. They're going to be here. The key thing that I'm interested in, in all of these articles, and they never tell you, and, and hopefully we're going to be able to get a little more deep dive and eventually to find out what they are, but what are the rails that they're using in these tests and these trials? You know, is it a Ripple or is it an HBAR? Is it an algorithm? Is it a Quant? Well, not Quant, but what are, they, what are the technologies they're using, right? That, to me is when we start hearing and start being able to get more insights into what behind the scenes is being used as the bridges, as the rails, as the remittance, the cross-border payment systems. That's what we want to dig into. So as soon as that comes out, you know, or as we find those things out, that is where you want to start jumping into as quickly as you can. And here's what's pretty cool, Johnny. I thought the exact same thing, and there were a couple of key words that stuck out to me here. It said Embridge, which is the actual partner for the CBDC, is part of Project Lithion Lion Rock. It's a distributed ledger technology. Obviously, this is a Ripple. This this can be used as a Ripple reference for CBDC cross-border payments launched initially in 2019. We see all the connections between Ripple and XRP. But Jackie, before we go back to Jenna to close out this segment, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. Johnny Crypto brought up something very important, which is that obviously CBDCs are coming, but we're trying to figure out what are the rails going to be that they're running on. And a list we always show our listeners is these ISO compliant tokens. These Oh, I lost my highlighted list. Here we go. The ISO compliant tokens. So that's Stellar, XRP, Hedera, IOTA, Algorand, and Quant. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts before we dive into our next news. Yeah, anything that talks about distributed distributed ledger technology, um, immediately your mind should think about XRP, but also any other ISO 20022 compliant tokens. Um, 
honestly, Johnny talked about diversification. If you're looking, if you're just getting into crypto, um, this is the list you should be looking at um, for sure. Just, I mean, even picking a few, um, evening out your your investments um, across the board, um, just to have a couple horses in the race, we always say. So yeah, I think that is that is probably the most talked about thing from any crypto conference I've ever attended to. Um, you know, is distributed ledger, distributed ledger technology CBDCs are always there as well. Um, so yeah, it's coming. Just like XRP Jenna said, it's coming. It's just a matter of time. So to be on um, the investment side of getting in the rails of of that sector, um, this is the list for you. Jenna, I'd love to close it out with you here because we know that Ripple was built to transact data, right? Nobody talks about this part of XRP, but the best part about XRP is that it can actually log very specific data to transactions, and that could play a pivotal role in the adoption of CBDC. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, 100%. We also know they have like their private ledger and everything. But when we're looking here at the ISO 2002 um, compliant list, this keeps on growing, guys, and I think it's important to look at projects that are aiming to be ISO 20022 compliant and they're doing similar things and that are, you know, a, a way lower price, have a lower market cap and everything. Um, that's why I'm looking at SHX because they are working to be ISO 20022 compliant and same thing. They have like the interoperability, big on compliance, everything. So I'm definitely looking into that. But yeah. And it's pretty exciting that they said by 2026, Europe is going to be launching a CBDC. That is not speculation. That's a direct quote from Christine Lagarde. But before we get into our next news, we got 316 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're looking to follow XRP Jenna on Twitter, she is a great follow. Check out XRP Jenna on Twitter for more of that crypto information. But let's get into some of the other news that we have prepared for today as there's so much going on in Australia we're going to start to break that down. We've got a very important announcement from Australian banks stating that a planned system outage will occur from 6 p.m. on Friday, May, uh, September 30th, all the way till 9 a.m. on October 5th. We can speculate that this has something to do with central bank digital currencies, as we know they made an announcement earlier this week that they're going to be launching a CBDC. Jackie, or uh, sorry, Jenna, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts here. This is more conspiracy, so feel free to take this wherever you like. But what the heck is going on here? Why are they shutting down the banks? I mean, they would have to, right, just to test it out and everything. They have to have their trial, but this is more bullish. Like, it's happening. These tests are happening. So I'm really curious to see what happens, like how everything went. But this just makes me more bullish on CBDCs, like, and everything. So, Jackie, what gets me a little bit nervous is that Australia is one of the testing grounds for this type of technology. And the fact that they're rolling out a CBDC first, it's no surprise to me, but it's not a good sign. I'd like to hear some of your thoughts on the matter. Australia has been a testing ground for a lot of things um, just, you know, a couple of years ago. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, we just heard news. Um, jabs. We, we just, just heard news. I've just got renamed. <laughs> I like that comment. That was funny. I do like it. We I just heard you. news. Was it yesterday that they were, what were they doing with um, Ripple with XRP in Australia? Oh, I can't even remember. Yeah, what I can't you remember. I just covered. Oh, you know what it was, Jackie? I remember. So former Ripple executive is leading the central bank digital currency project. So what it is is a former Ripple employee for 2014 to 2019 is leading Australia's CBDC. So we made the connection that XRP could be involved. Yes, there you go. Well, those events definitely line up. Um, having that news and then here we go. Six days, they're shutting down um, to test the process of that. So, so yeah. Johnny Crypto, any brief comments on this article? I'd love to hear your conspiracy talk. 
Yeah, well, no, I think this is more important here. We got a great question from the audience whether Jenna's going to go deeper down the rabbit hole on the XLM. So I want to hear about Jenna's rabbit hole deep dives. That's what I'm waiting to hear. (laughs) (laughs) No, go ahead, Abs. I was going to say, he didn't answer my question. Do you have any thoughts about the Australia news? Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the th- oh, sorry, I get the legends here. You know, in terms of this, you know, I always, you know, like you guys all said, there's not much more to add here. Australia is typically a testing ground, what you see there, and it gets typically rolled out. And what you see there is not good. You know, I've heard stories from there. Now, I'm not there, so I don't know how true the stories are. But it just doesn't seem like <clears throat> some of the stuff coming out of there is stuff that you want to be seeing happening here in the U.S., so... Let's hope that doesn't happen. But in terms of this, no surprise that we know, we again, we know trials are happening. We know this is going to come at some point in time. But, yeah, it's very, very interesting. We know that, what was it, the German guy said there was going to be a downtime yep. at some point in. Um, he said uh, September 24th would be a day that everyone remembers, but that which, day came and went. Yeah, which came and went. And I, the only thing I remembered is to remember that he said something that never happened. That's about it. Yeah. But the question is, was he a week early? Is the blackout, you know, look, at this This talks about a blackout here, right? So it'll be very interesting to see. Like, I'm hearing a lot of things. Is this going to be, are we going to see Black Friday come early this year? I don't know. Let's hope not. Time will tell. But let's start this thing off with a very cool video that we have from ECB President Christine Lagarde. The audio might be a little bit tough here. So, Johnny Crypto, let me know how it sounds on your end. It's a very short clip stating that the banks will not hold Bitcoin. I'm going to let this play and get comments from the group. Here we go. Uh, very unlikely. I think it's, as the, I would say it's out of the question, actually. So what the question was, was is our central banks going to hold Bitcoin as a reserve currency? And she said, I believe that's highly unlikely. Actually, I believe that's out of the question. XRP Jenna, floor is yours. I mean, that almost kind of surprised me because I remember the Central Bank of England saying that um, Bitcoin's code was as good as gold. And, you know, so I, I am a little bit surprised by that, honestly. It is very interesting because I feel as if Bitcoin's been given a free pass. And when you listen to people like Michael Saylor, they sound like it's a sure thing that these banks are going to adopt Bitcoin someday. But Johnny Crypto and Jackie, I'd like to get some thoughts with you, starting with Jackie. Do you believe her that the banks will never hold Bitcoin? And what do you think makes it severely unlikely? Do you think they're aware of the better technologies like the ISO compliant tokens? Katie's first. No, I don't know. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I definitely don't believe the narrative that they will never hold Bitcoin. I don't believe that whatsoever. Um, At this point in time, I think with the testing of like CBDCs and things like that, I think that that's more of the technological route that they're going towards. But I can see Bitcoin being implemented a lot more down the road. Um, And so for her to say that now, I don't believe it. Interesting. Johnny Crypto, any closing remarks? Yeah, no, this is never going to happen. I don't think, my personal opinion, I don't think we're ever going to see Bitcoin <laughs> being held by the uh, by the uh, the central, the banks. No, it's not happening. It's too decentralized. What are you crazy? It's the complete opposite of what they want to do. So no, I don't. I don't. I think Christine was just trying to be nice when she pretty much said it's never going to happen. Yep, you're spot on, Johnny. And with all the CBDC talk we got going on today, somebody is actually being honest about the matter. As we have Cardano founder Charles Hodgkins calling CBDCs the single most dangerous innovation to our financial system, he breaks down exactly why. So Charles Hodgkins is not a fan of CBDCs and even sees them as a threat to freedom. Hodgkins argues that CBDCs are the single most dangerous innovation that we've ever seen in monetary policies. 
CBDCs are not crypto, and I will never in my life support a system where we hand unlimited monopoly to somebody. And to have total control over your financial system and autonomy over your economic access. An example of how this can get out of control is let's say there's a country and there's a civil war going on between two ethnic groups. The one of the governments can say, you know what? We're just going to shut down all the money for everybody who's in the ethnic minority. We're just going to turn it off. They're going to wake up and have no access to their wallets or even worse, those wallets could be empty. Another dangerous threat about CBDCs is the permanent record of CBDC transactions that would destroy a person's privacy. And it would open them up to censorship and oppression if the government disagreed with any of the purchases they had made. Jenna, I'd love to start with you and then we'll kick it to Johnny Crypto. He's shedding light on all the things that we like to talk about every day on this channel. Not only are CBDCs a negative thing, but they are inevitable because the banks are going to benefit dramatically from this technology. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on the matter. Do you agree with him? One, that it's a bad thing. And two, what do you think about CBDCs? Is, Is this inevitable or is there another way out? No, I I do agree with everything that you're saying. It actually gave me the chills whenever, you know, you're reading that and just to be able to, you know, turn off and certain ethnic groups money or just someone in general to have that kind of control is absolutely disgusting. But at the same point, do I think that that it's going to happen? That's where we're headed. Yes. But I also think that that's why it's really important that we do diversify. And, you know, it's good that we also have items like actual physical gold and silver and just, you know, make sure that we're prepared for the worst case scenario. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, when we look at, excuse me, the CBDCs, you know, in terms of there's no doubt about it, there's a slippery slope here, right? It's a double-edged sword, right? Did we lose abs? Did he freeze up? I think we did. I think he did. <clears throat> Either that or he's got the most I steady. wondered. I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, he's got the most steady, still hold position I've ever <laughs> He's seen. in stealth mode. <laughs> very, very impressive. But, um, you know, just to keep it going here. So the reality is, uh, what the hell is that? Oh, in terms of the CBDC. So it's a du- it's a double-edged sword, right? There's going to be areas where I think we're going to see a scenario where we have <clears throat> the downside of it, which he just described in that article. But then there's also a plus side of it where think about this, right? Now, when you get paid every day, you got to wait. You know, people get paid on a Friday or maybe every other Friday or maybe twice a week or tw- uh, bi-weekly or monthly. When something like this comes, think about being able to get paid hourly or daily or by the end of the day, boom, the money's right in your account. So, you know, I, I just try to look at both sides of it. I mean, none of us want it, but the reality is, listen, we talk about this all the time. It's coming. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you want. You can't stop it. So at the end of the day, what you want to do, there he is. Hey, sorry, guys. I got disconnected there. We were impressed at how long you were able to stay still like that. You should have just said you were just practicing. Just like Billy said, practicing my NFT pose, baby. Practicing my yeah, NFT pose. It was beautiful. But give me one second. I just pull up the news, Johnny Crypto. Continue with what you were saying. Yeah, so so uh, just to wrap that up, basically what I was saying is it's just a kind of double-edged sword here on this where, you know, we don't know. You gotta you kind of got to look at the positives of it because we already know the negatives. And, and since we can't do anything about it other than invest in it, that's what we're trying to figure out here, right, is this is coming. What are those rails so we can ensure we're investing in it so as it comes, we can create some generational wealth. For our friends, for our family, all the warrior maniacs out here listening today, the 319 people out there, give that smash button warrior elbow drop, smash that son bitch, and uh, so everybody can see it. Don't forget to follow Jenna. Go check out her videos on her YouTube. She's got some really, really great content there. But really important here is, guys, 
We're just trying to figure this out. None of us know the answers, but, you know, so don't, I wouldn't focus on the negative side of it too much because we know it's there. I would, I always like to focus on, okay, there it is. Now, how do we, how do we think about this in the positive or how do we move this to our advantage on the positive side? Right. That's what <laughs> I just got back from the mid. That's fantastic. Awesome, guys. And we're going to jump into our next news for today. And this is more of a fun article. Is Chipotle is offering 99.95% off its garlic steak bowl to celebrate Ethereum's proof of merge steak. This is pretty cool. Jen, are you going to be getting some Chipotle? No, I don't like Chipotle and I don't like ETH. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But I think that this is cool to see. It's great to see big companies getting into crypto, no matter what the crypto is, right? Um, it just helps us create more adoption. And that's what we want at the end of the day. So I think that that's pretty cool. And Jackie, one of the things that we always talk about is the subconscious programming, right? And what people are getting to right now is you're getting exposure not only to Ethereum, but to the crypto market as a whole. I remember earlier this year, Chipotle partnered with a crypto wallet so that people could actually buy Chipotle using certain cryptocurrencies. This is another move in that direction. Do you think it's important? Yeah, I think this is how mainstream adoption comes about. We've seen, gosh, there's just been so many news lately of like chain restaurants um, partnering with uh, different blockchains. For example, Starbucks came out with Polygon. You've had like Ford and um, Jack Daniels partner with for NFTs, things like that. This having, um, you know, Chipotle bring about a proof of stake little promo. Um, I actually got stoked about that. I mean, if you look at that 99.95% off, that's essentially free. Um, so I would, yeah, I would take advantage of that, man. If you're, if you're on a budget for a week to save money for other cryptos, hell yeah, go, go eat dinner at Chipotle every night. <laughs> Here's my question, Roto. Would you ever spend your crypto on Chipotle? That's the question of the day. Well, listen, first of all, here's the first thing I thought when I saw this ad. I was just wondering if they had a bad lot of garlic steak that went bad in the back. Maybe they forgot to put it in the freezer or something. Is why the hell would you give it away for 99.9%? I don't trust it. I ain't buying it. No freaking way. When you Listen, when you give something away for free, guess what? Here's the old saying I was taught a long time ago. There's no such thing as a free lunch. I ain't no damn way. And, not, and there ain't no damn way in hell I'm spending my crypto. Uh, some bad garlic steak that they're trying to figure out how to get rid of. That's I'm not take happening. a video of myself buying Chipotle today, guys. I'll send yeah. it to you. <laughs> Economic <laughs> 101. You can buy it, but you might not want to eat it. Maybe feed it to your dog first and see if he survives. I but uh, I do have a, a great question here that came up. Jenna, I think this is for you. Um, one of our audience members, or maybe one of yours, is wondering if you do private consultations. I don't know if you do or not, but I thought it would be a good chance for you to address it if you do. Uh, you could be my friend. You could be my first one. I don't. Um, but actually, I think that this is the perfect time to announce, Johnny, what we are going to be doing. Um, can we do that? Uh, did, uh, no. He can't. He can't do it yet. Not Sorry. Never mind. I'm his attorney. I'm his attorney. I'm going to allow this but we can't we're hosting a christmas party guys that's yes. what it is that's a surprise and it's gonna be it's an ugly christmas ugly sweater christmas party and i love you i love you this might be a good time to talk about why you want to have an exit plan if, if Honestly, answer. Johnny Crypto, before you check out that exit plan, I want to read this one quote for oh, our yeah, listeners because it. it applies to exactly what we're going through today. This is a quote from the early 1900s, and it's a great quote from a great economist, Vladimir Lenin. He said, the way to crush the bourgeoisie, which is basically the entrepreneurs of the economy, is to grind them between the milestones of taxation 
and inflation. And ever since 2020, that's exactly what we've been experiencing. But Johnny Crypto, I want to kick it to you here. We're going to talk about exit strategies and the smartest way to track your crypto. Any of our loyal listeners out there know we're already ready to talk about Merlin. So why don't you let that ad play, Johnny? Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you don't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. First, it brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets so you can simply see all of your assets across one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin's smart algorithm lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30-day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today and get on our Merlin whitelist. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. Awesome, guys. That ad pretty much speaks for itself. But if you're interested in finding out how you can not only track your crypto, but create an exit strategy, the best place to do so is using our application, Merlin, specifically developed by our good friend, Johnny Crypto. So go show some support to Johnny Crypto. Sign up for the whitelist down below. But we're going to dive right into our news for today as we've got a major, major announcement when it comes to the digital CBDC. The ECB officially defends Amazon's role in the autonomous digital euro. The European Central Bank is defending their decision to give Amazon control over creating and trying the digital euro. The U.S. retail giant was one of five companies selected by the European Central Bank to develop this CBDC ahead of September of 2023. That's when they're going to make the actual decision on whether it's okay to launch this new technology. The companies that have been chosen for the five were the most appropriate in terms of what's needed for technological tests and experiments. And here's what's really cool. We've got Amazon in the mix, but two names that I think all of our listeners should be aware of is Nexi and Worldline. So Nexi uses one of our favorite cryptocurrencies, Quant, to settle transactions. And we've got Worldline, which also uses XRP to settle transactions. Jenna, I'd love to start with you. We, we have all these ties to a digital euro when it comes to XRP specifically. And if you scroll down to the bottom of this article, they said that if agreed upon, a digital euro could come in 2026. And Johnny Crypto always says 2025 is going to be the bull run of a lifetime. Do you think there's any ties here? Are we going to see that flip happen in early 2026? Um, yeah, if not before, I definitely believe that it could. And abs, like you were saying before, whenever we were in the green room, I think it was you that usually they come out and they say things, you know, and give themselves more time. Um, because if they don't, everybody's also going to be like, what, what's happening? Where's it going? So I think it's great that they do have, you know, ample time, but it doesn't surprise me to see Amazon on there because I actually think that Amazon was a seed investor in, um, XRP, well into ripple. So that doesn't surprise me at all that they would be involved in this. And they're a giant, right? No, nobody can compete with Amazon. So that doesn't surprise me that they are one of the ones to be testing it out, but it's just more things for us to keep our eyes on and just to see where XRP is literally everywhere. It's right in front of our face everywhere. You're spot on, Jenna. And one of the things that is clear right now is that all the largest tech companies on the planet are moving into this space, whether it's Amazon, IBM, Microsoft, Google, the list goes on and on. And you can add Ripple into that list as well. But Johnny Crypto, I wanted to bring up this point before we go to you and Jackie. It said ensuring the resilience and autonomy is one of the stated goals of the digital euro. And currently there is a payments monopoly 
with Visa and MasterCard. So right now, Visa and MasterCard are getting 2 to 3% of every single transaction that takes place worldwide. Eventually, not only is that percentage going to be minimalized, it's not going to be going to Visa and MasterCard. So I'd love for you to address that, Johnny, and then we'll kick it straight to Jackie. Yeah, it's going to be, well, first of all, whenever you're going to stress test something, right, you want to do it with <laughs> a real stress test. There's no bigger stress test than Amazon, right? They're the biggest company in the world. So it makes sense that you would partner with them and, and to do that. You know, it'll be very interesting to see. Here's the thing. You know, like you just said, Visa and MasterCard right now are the king of the hill, right? And they and they got the, the, the lion's share of the pie. Whenever you try to take something away from somebody, what's the first thing you do? You react defensively. So it'd be very interesting. They're not going to go away silently. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing transforms. What you're most likely going to see is them getting into this space. They have no choice. They have to. And they will because they won't survive if they don't. And, uh, and yes, Cypherium, we, we are high on Cypherium. A lot of talk about Cypherium. Cypherium is pumping right now, for those of you who are wondering. I think it's up 20% today. We know the Fed now has something with them. So that's certainly something that I've been investigating and looking into. And I know you guys ask all the time, and I'll probably be adding it to my bags, but I still have a little more research to do on it. But nonetheless, um, getting back to this, I think, yeah, you're going to see, it's going to be very interesting to see how these guys uh, fight to survive in this space. Jackie, I'd love to get some closing remarks from you. And then we're going to ask XRP Jenna about Cypherium because if she hasn't heard of it, I'd love to, to tell her some cool things. Yeah, I kind of wanted to get a deep dive from uh, some of the things she's been looking at in XLM. But I'll just reiterate, um, definitely look at Quant and look at XRP. If you see all these these five companies that the ECB has been that has selected, um, these are big tells of what's, what's coming as far as investing in guardrails and things rails of the future for the financial sector thank you so much jackie and we're actually i'm pulling up a chart right now not only breaking down who the partners are for cypherium but there's some of the biggest names on the planet are using this very very small cryptocurrency xrp jenna this current market cap is only 13 million dollars and when you check out the list of partnerships they've got amazon microsoft ibm google but the most important partnership on this list is the u.s faster payments council which is responsible for developing the United States CBDC. And that's why we decided to talk about this currency. Jenna, have you heard about this currency before? And if not, do you have any thoughts about these big partnerships? Uh, mute button, Jenna. Mute. <laughs> I'm literally um, hobby on coin market cap as you are speaking abs. Like I've heard of it, but I've never actually looked into it or had the, I haven't researched it yet. I'm definitely interested to hear more about it. Yes, and yeah. this U.S. Faster Payments Connection, Johnny, this is what caught my attention here because this specific company is literally in charge of creating the United States CBDC. So I'm interested to hear why they chose to work with Cypherium. But why don't you have some closing remarks right up? Yeah, listen, I'm not sure the reasons behind it. All I know is there were the FedNow program that we know is coming is going to be running through Cypherium. And so I don't, I don't even know if you need to know anything more than that. And obviously that's not an entirely true statement. But the reality is that alone – is enough to say, hey, you better go do some research on this one. Go look into seeing how they're going to play, how their technology may play into the, the selection or creation of a CBDC because they're going to be a part of it. And the Cypherums are very cheap. I think it's like three. It's about three cents right now. Now, the thing is, it's very limited. You can only buy it on three exchanges. That's why I think it's not spread. Mexi is one of them. Like, I don't have any of those three. So now I got to create another freaking account exchange, right? But I think that's what's holding its price down right now. If they get listed on a major exchange, I think they could pump big time. But more importantly, I'm not looking for a pump. I'm looking for a long-term hold of the rails that are going to be the system. And I'm not so sure they're going to be the main rails, but I think they may be involved in it. And that's kind of what I'm trying to find out a little bit more 
what their actual role is, is in the long term. But certainly from that perspective, yes, Susie, definitely go look into it. I think everybody's starting to do their homework on it because they're tied to the Fed now. And that that alone, to me, is is, is gives it a bullish, a bullish sign that's worth looking into. Thank you, Roto. And we're about to dive into some more XRP news. But before we do that, we got 320 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you how XRP is creating a massive advantage for anyone willing to adopt their technology. And if you're sitting on the sidelines, you're going to be left behind. So a new Ripple partnership will expand the use of XRP for treasury payments, removing the need for most Orosta accounts, meaning that the $21 trillion currently locked up in global payment system that could be released if they start using Ripple's uh, RippleNet system. So Ripple has announced that they will be expanding the use of their ODL solution, which has experienced skyrocketing demand over the past few years. The company has revealed that it will enable its partner, Iremit, to use its ODL system to remove friction from the current transaction process. This essentially means that Iremit will be able to access funding requirements 24-7 for global settlement. And what's so exciting about this is that it's going to set itself away from the competition most of the payment systems around the world are not able to do what iRemit is able to do today. So before I kick it to XRP Gen, I wanted to read one final quote from this article. It said, this is going to translate to iRemit being able to access funding 24-7 with global settlement, removing the need to pre-fund any accounts, which is the $21 trillion I was referencing before, and providing the company with the capacity to scale its business operations all around the world. And Jenna, what catches my attention here is anybody who's not using this, you are at a massive disadvantage. So I just want to give you the floor. What sticks out to you about this article? This is what we're waiting for, right? We need more adoption of this. So they're starting in the Philippines, getting rid of the Nostra Vostro accounts. That is what we want. That's when we begin to see trillions of dollars, trillion with a T flow through XRP. That is huge. Like that kind of money going to the XRPL. That's what yep. we've been waiting for. That's what we want. And what's exciting is that imagine what's going to happen to the $20 trillion once they're able to release that. So it could be one of two things, right? It could actually go into the blockchain system that they use to facilitate cross-border payments, or it could be put out into the economy, allowing for more and more value to be out there. So Johnny, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. Iremit is setting themselves away from the competition. What do you think it means? You know, for me, I kind of agree with, with, with Susie here. That was the gluten belly or the hormonal belly, those ads. <laughs> I know. I had to delete that. Those ads are just priceless. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't fucking focusing on the stupid ad. I missed half of it. But I know what we're talking about here. I mean, this is huge. You know, at the end of the day, I did some calculations the other day on this um, because Jenna's absolutely right. The Nostro Vostro accounts there are the key. And I don't think anybody understands. Well, I think some people understand how XRP works. I think some don't. Nostro Vostro is basically it's a ton of money sitting on the sidelines so that you can um, – balance the books, you know, as you're transferring money from bank to bank to kind of cover these transactions overseas, right? Cross border. They have to be piles of money on both sides for it to work. So what happens is banks are just sitting on piles of money that have to stay there for transactions. And when XRP comes in, what they're, what they've significant, what they've uh, innovatively solved is the ability to free all that cash. All that cash can now go back into the market. It doesn't have to sit in the sidelines. And through their remittance program, you now can instantly settle those those differences through their ODL. So that's why it's exciting. When you look at that value of Nostro, Nostro accounts, if Ripple were to get it all and just that alone, I think I calculated somewhere around a four or $500 XRP price. That's just that. But then there's the derivatives market and all the other things that can really drive XRP. But somewhere between a two to $400 
XRP price is not inconceivable if it were to be the rails of the whole globe and to handle the Nostra Rostro account. So it's very, you can see how pretty quickly XRP can skyrocket up pretty fast. And there's more positive news in regards to the lawsuit. It's not just the adoption we're talking about, but the lawsuit against the SEC has made a massive positive turn with the news of a potential settlement becoming more and more likely, given that both parties have filed motions for summary judgment, meaning that they're asking the judge to give them uh, a summary for this lawsuit, stating what do they believe should be a fair settlement between these two parties. Jenna, I'd like to go back to you before we kick it to Jackie. What do you think about this lawsuit? Are we close to a resolution? I think we're close to a resolution. Um, you know, it could be a few more months. Who knows? But it, what's it matter at this point, right? We've been waiting yeah. for so long. <laughs> but everything that we've we've been seeing, and I mean, the Brad Garlinghouse interviews and everything, looks extremely extremely favorable for um, XRP. So I feel really really good about that. And I think we're one step closer whenever we're getting talking about the Nostra Vostro accounts and everything and XRP potentially being the rails of it, of that flip the switch moment. And, you know, I think that gets us all pretty excited about it. A hundred percent. And Jack, I'd love for you to close this out here because Brad Garlinghouse had an article earlier this week talking about how he owned Bitcoin and Ethereum as well as XRP. But he also went on to say that when William Hinman gave his speech in 2017, he emailed all the Ripple employees stating XRP is going to qualify as a non-security. Obviously, we know the lawsuit came down later, but what do you think about that news and what's this article mean to you? Yeah, I I mean, kind of more focused on this article, there was a couple things that I was thinking about. This has been a partnership since 2018, so that was another thing that I kind of didn't know. Um, but also, what was the other thing that I was reading up on? Um, this is one of the top five remittance de destinations globally. So kind of just along the lines of that, that's that's pretty exciting, um, especially the fact that it's in the Philippines. I love that too. Um, so yeah, I think with all the news going on with these types of things that we're seeing behind the scenes, these are, these are kind of news-based things that people aren't looking into. You know, everyone's just worried about what they're seeing with the SEC case. Um, if you are even into crypto at all, that's just something even people that are retail investors that don't know much about crypto. That's just the headliner is the SEC case. So they deem not to touch it. Um, so I think I think with all of these things building up, I think it's I, I don't know. It gets me really bullish. I think it's coming soon. Pretty exciting. And we've got even more good news. And this is actually bad news for Ethereum holders as William Hinman is being exposed for having an agenda with the crypto market. A couple of standouts that came. So just to give a long story short, William Hinman released his schedule and one of the attorneys for, I believe it's the CFTC, got a hold of this and was exposing some of the meetings he had. So William Hinman retired from the SEC on September 9th, 2020, three months before the SEC lawsuit was filed against Ripple. Well, if you look at these dates, he had some pivotal meetings after he had already retired from the SEC. On November 20th, 2020, Hinman was scheduled to have a call with Valerie, can't say her last name. The entry was titled Val to Call Bill in regards to XRP. On Monday, December 7th of 2020, Hinman had scheduled a meeting with Ripple Counsel and Christina Littman. I want to remind our listeners, he was not working at the SEC at this time. Not only was he not working at the SEC, he was being paid by a member of the Ethereum Alliance. Jackie, I mean, sorry, Jenna, I'd love to give the floor. Oh, just the shade, the shade. Like if we could be a fly on the wall, right? And hear all of that. But it's just like calls her up, you know, hey, ETH good, XRP bad, let's do it. But I mean, definitely bad news for Ethereum holders possibly. But at the end of the day, are they really even going to do anything about it? Like, that's the problem. Yeah, probably not.
That's the sad part about all this. Probably not. We can expose the corruption all we want on these YouTube channels. Digital asset investor, Kevin Cage. Um, who's the other one? Brad Kimes. They've been all over this material for such a long time. ETHgate is clear. It's clear that the banks came in and were incentivized to allow Ethereum to make them money. But Johnny Crypto, we have clear evidence that William Hinman not only met with people about XRP a month before the lawsuit was filed, just two weeks, just one week actually, before Ripple was sued by the SEC, William Hinman met with Ripple's counsel. What the heck is going on here? Here's the bottom line. Ripple just didn't grease him enough. That's it. This is backroom deals, guys. That's how it works. It's just, <laughs> he went in and said, okay, he took a pile of money from ETH, a pile of money from Ripple, and the scales were a little higher on ETH, and Ripple goes to court. If they had, if Brad had, had, had just been a little, you know, not as cheap, ETH would we'd be talking about an ETH case for two years, and Ripple would have been bringing a pump in the past two weeks. So at the end... <laughs> At the end of the day, this is what we call an old smoky room backdoor deal, guys. I don't know. I wasn't in there. I would love to have been a fly on the wall. But obviously, some things happen. You know, these guys got together. I'm sure they were, you know, Hinman was there for a while. They probably wanted to figure out what was going on there and, and figure this whole thing out on a serious note. And they decided, that, you know, there was probably enough there to, to, to bring this up. And you could have literally picked any cryptocurrency and done that because they all did the same damn thing. Right? He, he needs to go to jail. He needs yeah. to go to jail. And yeah. the sad part yeah. is that the people who would send him to jail are the ones who are writing his paychecks. And that's the <laughs> messed up part about this whole system. But there was one more quote I wanted to read just at the below. It said he was meeting with Christina Littman, who was the chief of the SEC's Enforcement Division Cyber Unit. That meeting took place 15 days before Jay Clayton brought the lawsuit against Ripple from the SEC. Clearly, there's games being played here. Clearly, there's no transparency. But Jackie, why don't you close this out before we get into our next article? Dude, you lost me. I'm so sorry. I, it, I, I was reading the comment and I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Did I cut out? Sorry. Johnny, no, Johnny, no, you're fine. Take the floor while I pull up our next article, please. Okay. At the end of the day, one man said it best. George Carlin got, got rest slow. He said, boys, there's one big club and you and I ain't in it. There you go. And that's a perfect place to get into our next article as we've got some breaking news in regards to John Deaton with the XRP lawsuit. This thing is just getting better and better. And every day I'm trying to buy more XRP, not a financial advisor, not financial advice. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. We're going to let this short clip play and get comments from the group in regards to the SEC lawsuit. This is exciting. Here we go. I actually predicted that there would be more damaging evidence against Ripple uh, that we didn't know about. Uh, I, you know, because we're not privy to depositions and the documentary evidence, any of that. And so I figured that there's going to be a couple things that might be a couple bad days for Ripple publicly, right? Uh, the people would take shots at it. The haters would be able to cling on something. And uh, I was shocked because it's really not there. There's no, there's no there there. So the haters, they have no merit, my friends. Johnny Crypto, we're starting with you. Then we're going to Jenna. What do you think about this video? We know John Deaton is obviously an XRP. Like, I don't want to call him biased, but obviously he's in favor of XRP doing well. So take this advice with a grain of salt. But the fact that the haters really have nothing, no land to stand on, it's pretty good news. What's it mean to you, Rado? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the, when they uncovered the hood and they were looking for dirt, there wasn't too much under the rug there, you know, when they lifted it. So I think that they just picked the wrong, the wrong. I mean, don't forget, Brad and, and Ripple have been working with the SEC for five years. Or I mean, sorry, 
he went in there five times, five times to go work with these people. And what happens? Pow! I get slapped with a lawsuit instead of like figuring out how to work with them. So, it, you know, they they knew everything they needed to know about XRP, and 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 so it was a ripple, I should say. You know what, what they did. So it's just one of those things where I find it intriguing why they chose to go after them. That to me. In my mind, as Mark Yosko said, the question is more important than the answer. That is the biggest question. Why, of all the cryptocurrencies you could have chosen, did you choose to go after the one that has probably the most useful utility in the whole world to solve a major issue? I just am baffled by it. You're right, Johnny. And Jen, I want to get some thoughts from you. Brad Garlinghouse earlier this week said that Ripple will have spent over $100 million defending themselves in this case. What do you think is going on here? No, that's absolutely insane. Think about it, though. Like what Johnny was saying, Brad went in there like multiple different times, tried to straighten things out, whatever, and wow. then they go after them. Yeah, right? Like, And then Gary Gensler's like, just come wow. in and talk to us if you're not sure if it's a secret. Who is going to do that? Nobody. These other projects don't have $100 million to spend on attorneys. Get out of here. And that's why they're saying 99% of crypto is going to go away. And now for the next two years, they're going to be cracking down on DeFi like crazy. So, I mean, it's just time to pay attention and really see where your money's at and make sure compliance is huge, right? We've got to be careful. And eventually they're going to turn the printing press back on and this bear market is going to turn into a bull market. So I want to prepare our listeners for that as well. The Bank of England has already pivoted as collapsing bond prices and rising rates threaten the financial crisis. The Bank of England announced that a new quantitative easing program to print pounds and buy. So they're basically buying English bonds to, pr to prompt, prompt up the economy in the short term. This is very short term thinking, but Johnny, I want to give you the floor here. How long until we see the central banks turn the printing presses back on? Because we know they have no choice. You know, that's a great, great question. And that's kind of what I'm wondering too. My my personal opinion, and I'm only thinking of the U.S. I haven't been thinking about outside of it. I think it's going to be a while before before we see them turning the presses on because we just turned them off. And to be honest with you, let's all hope and pray they keep them off because I don't know if people understand. Well, I know this group of people understand. We have smart people in our audience here. Our, our group is probably one of the most smart. But you, for those of you who don't know, you understand that when you turn the printing presses on, yes, it puts a lot of money out there and things go up short term. But what that means is you're creating inflation. That's how you create inflation. You put more more money out there than, than there should be. And that causes, now you get all this money that have, people have access to when they spend and it drives prices up, right? That is not a good thing for a long-term sustainability of an economy or a country. In fact, that's what took down the Roman Empire, inflation. Johnny, you know what we can do? We can just use a quick analogy here. Let's just say economics 101. There's five people in a town. They own all the resources. We put more money into the thing, more, more money into the town. All those people are forced to spend that money with those same five people. And that's what happens when they say the money gets funneled up the pyramid. There's a very small amount of people who own all the resources. And when they give us cash... That cash just gets funneled back up the pyramid. So that's the problem here. And if you really think about it, so think about that. Look at, follow the money. They take it, they send it all the way down to the bottom, give it all the people and it funnels back up to themselves. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's beautiful, right? So somebody's going to take that inflated free money and throw it into some speculative assets. Although this person's joking, not a bad idea. <laughs> that's actually what I told my son. Yeah, I told all my friends and family, take your stimulus checks and don't go freaking buy a new TV. Don't go buy some chicken nuggets at McDonald's and poison yourself. Go put it in crypto. Buy some XRP. Put yep. it into something that can Buy some Chipotle. 
yeah, buy some of Jackie's garlic steak chipotle and <laughs> and, and some Jackie. Make sure you buy some tums to go with that that garlic steak. I, I actually, I really don't like chipotle that much, but I just thought it was <laughs> yeah. funny. Pretty hey, cool. chipotle free is free. Am I right, Johnny? Now, we, now we got facelifts. <laughs> Now we got facelifts, Johnny. Are you I know, now I'm sitting Dabs here like this. During the day. We got facelifts. We got body <laughs> liposuction. What the we hell? got our last story for today, and we're going to show you guys a big, big update for Ripple as another major brand has chosen to launch their NFT using Ripple's Ledger. XRP Ledger platform is expanding and announcing this massive luxury brand is going to be using their network. At Paris Fashion Week this week, the luxury fashion brand Balmain will present its NFT membership collection alongside its new clothes. This is a major deal because the creation was printed to mint on the XRPL, and it's another global brand using this technology. Jenna, floor is yours. Oh, this makes me so excited because I love XRPL NFTs, and this is a big one. This is a big deal. This is like the news member we heard that Michael Jordan's putting his NFTs on the XRPL. So I love this. This is going to be more adoption. And XRP is just going to be in your face everywhere. How do I get that? Oh, okay. Let me show you how. So this is great. This is going to be huge too because there's zero NFTs minted on the XRPL. Can you only imagine when NFTs and smart contracts are added to this blockchain? It's going to do his, It's going to be in the history books for this network and it's probably going to be a major competitor to Ethereum. Johnny and Jackie, this is our last article for today. So feel free to take it wherever you'd like. What do you think about this NFT news and the fact that another global brand has chosen XRPL? Ladies first. Yay. Okay. Um, I think this is huge as well. Uh, just for the fact of the matter, um, just kind of what we've seen throughout kind of the markets right now. I mean, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of obviously looking at Ethereum blockchain, Solana, Cardano with NFTs. There hasn't been a lot of um, eyes on the XRPL yet, um, especially going to the summit event that made me really bullish on this will be a huge catalyst for XRP. Um, that's why I'm I'm still holding strong to that theory that I think XRP will be one of the first to decouple in the market just because of the catalysts that are that are backing right now. Um, not having NFTs launched on the plot on the XRPL, not having I mean having the SEC case still you know front and center. I think once these things come about, once the settlement happens, once you know. XLS 20D passes. I think that that's, you know, those will be the huge things that kind of decouple this from the regular market. And we're at, I think, checking last night, consensus dropped down to 43% as far as the voting for this. Um, so we do have to hold above that 80% and 85% until this happens. So, and we're actually, I forgot to do this for today's episode, but on tomorrow's episode, I'm going to be updating our, our listeners on the Flare Network voting that's taking place. Cause when we get over 67%, or it might be 80%, that airdrop is going to take place and our holders are going to get some free money. So exciting stuff. But Johnny, we got 30 seconds left. The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, to be honest with you, I just want to see Jenna. I love seeing Jenna happy and dancing to these kind of articles. So just keep that going. Keep bringing these kind of articles up, Abs. But this is a huge, huge news at the end of the day for XRP because we know that their technology is mainly more for cross-border payment. But what I loved about this is you actually see Ripple getting into other use cases, expanding the utility of their technology. I mean, God, as, as a holder of their technology, what there's nothing more you want to see. That's what I want to see. So I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, just to give a quick shout out, 
today. If you don't get it, if you get a chance, check out our non-fungible show that I think starts at about one one thirty today. Guys, if you think there. NFT tones goes off on our show, go and check out the non-fungible show. I'm always there in the comments as well. So me and Gonzo are typically in the live chat. It's always fun. Go and check out that show for sure. But we're about to close out this episode. Oh, sorry, Johnny. They have a special guest today, Propy. So for those of you who are interested in NFT and tokenization of real estate, go check that out. Propy, that is really, really, that's big. So I just wanted to throw them a shout out. Thank you so much. And if you can pull up XRP Jenna's banner, I was looking for it at the bottom of the screen. If you are looking to follow XRP Jenna on YouTube, it's at Jenna X on YouTube and at XRP Jenna on Twitter. We're going to close this thing up the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Jackie. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to XRP Jenna. We will see you guys in 23 hours. And it's like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. 314 live listeners, smash that like button.